Hi, this is Carrie, a Missourian, musician, military wife, and mom of teen boys. You're listening to my favorite podcast, Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Oh yeah, baby, let's go. I'm I'm ready for Malvoid. I'm ready for you know just wives just turning their husbands down, <laughs> sending them off. See you later. I'm ready for all of it, baby. Let's let's talk about it. Let's let's have some coffee talk. Yes, because talk you know what? Yourselves. This is listener feedback, and we are here. To chat with you about the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, the sad, the all the things. Just all Literally of it. all of it, because this episode is dedicated to you, the listener. And we got a lot of opinions. We sure do. Holy and smokes, I am so excited to jump into these opinions. So, of course, before we get into the rest of this show, we want to make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button to our podcast and whatever podcatcher of your choice. Do us a favor screenshot this. If you're not driving or on a treadmill, Mm -hmm. screenshot this and put it in your stories. If you could do it on a treadmill. Now we're talking turkey. I mean, then you're going really slow, which is more my speed right now, but I'm not not judging my friends. I am here for the slow walk. Um, But you could throw this in your Facebook or your Instagram stories and you can tag Mary and Blake Media and let people know, you know, if you're a fan of Outlander, check out this podcast. Um, Put it on your wall. Let people know. The best way to let people know about podcasts is through word of mouth. So we truly, truly appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, When I do see a shout out in our stories on Instagram, I do try to reshare it. So that's just a fun little heads up that you'll get a reshare there. You can find Marion Blake Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and of course, we're very busy with podcasts. So keep your eyes on MarionBlake.com. And thank you to all of our friends at JoinTheNerdClan.com for making all of this possible. All right, Blake. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. It's agenda free, Marvin. Let's release the hounds, shall we? We shall. Let's do it. All right, Marvin, so we got 40 million voicemails. We got 40 million emails. We got 40 million comments. It's just not enough hours in the day to go over them all. So what we're going to do is this. We're going to take some of the best stuff from the best areas, and we're going to play the voicemails, and we're just going to intersperse it like we have been doing. Okay. We're not going to do like the the normal, like, this is this, and then and then we're moving on to the next thing. We're just going to intersperse things. Okay, so Sound I have fair? to be on my toes? You got to be on your toes. You got to wear your headphones. <sighs> Headphones, you put the sound up so loud. I turned it down for you. Know you know what it is? What? It's it's my long panorama. Oh, yeah. Well, it, 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 anything that goes wrong, we're just going to blame it on the long panorama. <laughs> I've been having night sweats now, friends. <laughs> no joke. But I'm not wearing earplugs. Mary, Mary's like, put your hand down my shirt. Feel my sweats. Okay. I know. It was it was not <laughs> a grease lightning kind of chat. Listen. <laughs> it was something's wrong with my nervous system. Don't don't fuel up the <laughs> rocket if you don't want it to take off, lady. Listen, this rocket is flat. <laughs> There's no gas in my rocket right now. The gas that I have we're saving for this episode. That is why friends we're not doing a video. Uh-oh. I'm actually sitting in my jammies. In your Harry Potter. In my robe. Harry Potter robe because I told Blake I said if I waste Braless. energy getting <laughs> I still have a shirt on, but I said if I if I waste energy getting dressed, yeah, we it's can't not do be the, the same. No, <laughs> I have limited energy. All, All right. right, so we're gonna we're gonna maximize your energy, Mary. Okay. Let's do this one. The uh, comments from jointhenerdclan.com. This one comes from Laurel. She says the good is that I love rating is four point nine. Oh, sorry, I didn't see that. Four point nine kills from yeah, Laurel. She said too loud. Turn it down. The good was that I love this whole episode. Uh, was pretty much dedicated to. Ian, he deserves it. We care about him, and he is a man of worth. And after all, we went to the Caribbean to find him. 
He's been through a lot, and I love that we got to hang out with him for a bit. The bed. Ian getting his hair pulled out. Ouch! How did he keep his cool? My goodness. And the great was the father-adoptive son chats between Ian and Jamie. Jamie comforting Ian through his experience with love and his loss. Totally agree. And, you know, Mary, were you happy— I know we kind of touched on this last episode, but were you happy that they spent so much time with Ian focused on his specific story uh, during the uh, a really pivotal point of this series? Are you happy with yes. their choice? Yes. Okay. As I said in the last episode, I think that giving due diligence to the next class of adults on the Ridge is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ian, we Ian, by Ian, he's he's been by, you know, <laughs> yes, too many times. Yes. And um, we've talked about as book readers, it's an interesting season because some of the sixth book was in the fifth season. And so there were parts of this that would have been uh, brought to our attention, even, you know, when Ian was inducted in the Mohawk tribe. And so for us to be able to have this story now really helps us. Um, understand the breadth of yeah. Ian and his struggles and the complexity of his character. So I, I love it. I love it. Love it. And, and it highlights Jamie in so many ways. Yeah. And Jamie in different ways than what we've been getting. Right. It, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jamie with Claire is great and that's what sold the show. That was the hook of the show. But again, you know, the hook of a show is like a hostess cupcake, mm-hmm. right? It's great in the beginning, but ultimately it's empty calories. And it's not to say that Jamie's relationship with Claire is empty calories, but it's not the thing that will forever sustain a show. It needs to be more than just that. It, and then highlighting his relationship with Ian and someone like Fergus is exactly what the meat really is. That's the protein, baby. That is what gets you through the day because it makes him a real, makes Jamie a real character. And, and, you know, through transference or by, by virtue of just being there, it makes Ian and Fergus a real character as well. Yeah, and I just, I really love it because Jamie missed out on so much of parenting. Yes. And parenthood. Um, you know, for one reason or another, when he did have those moments in, in, le- in his life, it was very disjointed. So for him to have this elder parent experience, plus being the grandparent experience, for a, a solid amount of time, I think is a really beautiful th- thing to see for his character. Okay. Uh, Debbie chimes in. She says, uh, as a result of our conversations about Kezi and and and, and Joe, uh, whatever, I, it, stats of nerds. Oh my gosh, stop. Josiah, that's his name, yes. right? Okay, sure. Uh, the difference between them is that Joe wears fur and Kezi does not. Awesome, I love that. Can we call him Josie? No. Why not? It's Josie and Kezi. No, because then you also have Lizzie, and you don't know where the z is coming <laughs> exactly. from. Exactly. No, just say I. Yeah, no, that we could play. They're the-, the, they're the Beardsley twins, so you could just say the Beardsleys. <laughs> you don't need to make a ship name for twin brothers that have the same last name. You can either I, just say it. Joe and Kezi. Josie and Kezi. Just that's what oh that's what I'm, I'm calling them Josie from now on. Oh my In gosh. fact, I, we're going to close out to a special song. That's okay, a, that's we'll continue. So, all continue. right. So the, uh, the next, actually, we'll, we'll do a voicemail next. Let's do that, shall we? We shall. Hi, this is Juanita from the UK. Hi, Juanita. Talking about episode four, Hour of the Wolf. Wow, the show is so good. I'm loving it. The slower pace, the conversations that are happening between the characters. Yet again, I needed the tissues. Poor Ian. He tells Jamie of his daughter and the worry that she'll walk alone in darkness. He gave his daughter the name Isabel, which means devoted to God. Jamie reciprocates by telling Ian of his daughter Faith, who he also never got to see or to hold, and tells him they will pray that Faith will look and care for Isabel. Such tenderness, and as for Malva, she's one dodgy young woman (laughs) creeping around. She certainly is into voyeurism. The phrase is, better watch out, she's up to no good. Hope you're both feeling better soon. Take care. Thank you, Anita. She sounded, it reminded me of Harry Potter. She's up to no good. It's it's like our kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our kids listen to Potter so much. I that think that was like Hermione line, wasn't it? Or up it was to no good. Or it was Ron. It was one of the two. E- either way, Juanita, you're a wizard. Harry. Well, she's from the UK. Oh, I know, but it's just it. it Look at you. <laughs> it'd be like someone being like, "Wow, you know who Blake kind of reminds me of? You know who you re- Matt Damon? No, you know ben who Affleck. You re- 
your cousin from exactly, Boston. Exactly, Blake. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's how You it know works. what? That's not not what? a point on an SAT score. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, how funny. She sounded like someone no, from Harry Potter. No, but just the delivery and the whole thing, the voice. And, <sighs> you know, Blake. You know, Juanita, it was just very cute. That's all I'm saying. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Okay, let's get the next one. <laughs> Hi, Mary Blake. This is Mayan from Florida. Mayan. My GBG for this episode is good. Jamie's talk with Ian about his daughter, Faith, and them praying together for their daughters to meet in heaven. That was amazing. My bad is Malva. Anything she did this episode was just wicked creepy. I can't stand her. Really. Agreed. My <laughs> great is the last shot of the episode oh yeah the scene with with her shoes with malva's shoes that was just incredible just incredible and another thing i wanted to say was i couldn't stop hearing uh the 10 dual commandments in my head when they were dueling <laughs> that was just un- unstoppable but that i mean any anyone who loves hamilton would sing that in his head um, I have an outlandish theory. Okay. There's a moment where. Oh, wait, hold on, looks- hold on. We, we gotta, we gotta hit the, we gotta hit the button here. We gotta, we gotta hit the button. Okay, let's go. In Claire's book, and sees drawings. Before she sees a drawing about the feet, she sees a drawing of a womb. Yep. And the look, the look that she had on her face, is just. Wicked creepy. I sense <laughs> something bad is going to happen. That was just so creepy. Oh, well, we got one more, and it's apropos. So, will you just just stick with me here? I didn't give you my my kilt rating. My kilt rating is a five. This episode was the best so far, and I love the references that they had for episode seven in the first season. That blood of my blood, bone of my bone. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And you guys just did a terrific job last time. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the episode was amazing. Mary, you were amazing. <laughs> I hope you are all well and feeling better. Thank you very much. Thank you. Aww. I appreciate it. Thank that. you. I'm not better, but, you know. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> I've just I've just decided I'm not going on video a lot. Yeah, and we're pumping you full of drugs. Oh we're my just, gosh! We're just you're a walking. We we need to get one of those special IV things for you. Yeah, just, I know that's what I'm doing next. Yeah, we just need to have you walk around. No, I don't want to walk around. You go to these bougie places and you spend like two hundred bucks. <laughs> no, no, I, we can take care of it. I, no, I am not letting you put an IV in me. <laughs> you are not going to be the my Malva. <laughs> Speaking of Malva, I just want to say my end. Absolutely right. When something special is happening on screen, you can feel it. You know, one of my big complaints about Outlander for seasons like four, especially season four, um, but some of season three and probably the first part of season five is that it just felt flat. It just felt like they were doing things to do them. There was no big intent there was nothing artful about it and the opposite of that is malvis shoes you know when you see something special you know when it's not just camera a camera b over the shoulder okay look at this flat picture it's like this is intent we have a we have a purpose we have something that we're trying to convey outside of what we're just showing you that like that is one of my favorite shots ever from outlander awesome like not it's not even close you know what it won't be what? it won't be the christmas card i'll tell you that oh it should be our no christmas no card. nobody needs artwork of malva's creepy shoes <laughs> <laughs> janelle wrote in loved your podcast mary and blake definitely going down to the hall of fame i'm usually giving out all the kilts but this time I'm only given four kilts. Oh, wow. I enjoyed the Ian backstory. I think they did a good job of adapting from page to screen. That said, I don't know if it's because I knew Ian's story from the books, but this episode seemed to drag on. 
the good was the intimacy scenes between the various Jamie and Claire intimate scenes, firstly birthing technique and Ian and Emily intimate scenes. Bringing on an intimacy coach has been a good thing. Seeing Claire and Jamie laugh in bed reminded me of season three when they are reunited and Jamie tells Claire he'd never thought he'd laugh in a woman's bed again. I laughed when Claire was very excited at the end of the episode when Jamie was back. Agreed. (laughs) The bad was it seemed to move very slow. I wasn't going to rewatch this episode like I usually do. I finally did, and the pacing seemed a little better. I know they needed to tell Ian's story for future storylines, and I love his overall arc. I was so looking forward to seeing this one come to screen, especially after John Bell's heartbreaking performance in season five. But somehow it fell a little flat for me. The duel with the Sco- with, uh, with Scotchy seemed unlikely. The storytelling scene around the fire seemed awkward. We see Ian and Emily sitting by the river and then get a shot of some geese flying overhead and then see Ian and Emily at the same river, the same spot, talking about flowers. Yes! Was the geese supposed to show time go by? How long were they by the river? (laughs) Was this their special date spot? Did it take them that long to learn how to say flower? (laughs) If so, Bambi learned to say flower faster than that. It just seemed like a weird editing choice. (laughs) <laughs> this is their weird date spot love oh yeah <laughs> I loved seeing Ian struggle about which god to pray to in the woods and Jamie talking to Ian and Faith about how he never uh, how he never saw her made me cry even so I found myself asking when the episode was going to end which is rare for me maybe I'd have a different opinion if the show if I was a show watcher only maybe Malva ruined the episode by being a peeping Tom that was just plain wrong in the voice of Michael Scott no no <laughs> I got it no god please no yes Michael no! yeah all the Malva no! weird yep uh, her great is actually no! the promo for next episode which Blake and I have not seen yet okay uh, we see Jocasta and Sir Gifts a lot oh, oh! yeah baby got back <laughs> there's pre-revolutionary tension Brie confronts Roger about visiting widows I mean hey gotta watch out for those those bees I know um, your podcast made me realize that this season is doing very well at crafting great one-liners that inform us more about the characters or reference things in past seasons this brings added depth to the characters I also feel like for the first time since the end of season two we have an ensemble cast that really shines mm. I'm going to go out on a limb and give an unpopular opinion okay I miss Frank oh <gasps> oh Oh, where is my button? Where is my button? Here it's, it is. It's been so long since you've had Frank, you've lost your button. She says, I also miss time travel. Really? After season three, I was done with Frank. I started reading the books between seasons four and five, and I saw Frank in a new light. I love Jamie too, but Frank was a part of Claire's life for 20 years. Both Claire and Brie have known Frank longer than Jamie. I know the book is the book and the show is the show, but in books five and six, we get some great Frank moments when certain events trigger memories for Claire and Brie. It sheds some light on Claire and Brie and the effect Frank had in their lives. It's halfway through the season already. I know, shame on me for saying that, so I'm still hoping we get a Frank moment or a back to the future moment. I hope so too. I will say... It's it's probably due in part because Tobias Menzies like contract like like let's get getting him in to do the shooting especially during COVID mm-hmm. uh, probably not great Bob I mean like probably very difficult um and who knows if he even wants to continue to do the show right like he's got his own things going on so like I, I can whistle past that graveyard but if Frank were to be involved in this season or in in the seasons as they go along, like like a couple of days worth of shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like let's go. Like, because Frank, as much as we love Claire and Jamie and in and, and the 1700s and everything, and like Scotland, Frank is just as much as part of this show as the others, in my opinion. Like, he, he has plays as big a, an impact. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he yeah. plays a pivotal role in, mm-hmm. in, in, in our characters and how how our, our characters are informed by the choices that they make and it's important. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. Let's get let's, the more I can play Whitney, the better off I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's do the next uh, voicemail. Hi, Mary and Blake. I'm really excited to be calling. Uh, my name is Emily, and I'm from Northwest Arkansas. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time caller. Yay. And real quick before I get started, I did want to say that I am a student teaching 
um, for a music education degree. <gasps> oh and I know that, uh, Mary, that's your background. Yes. So I think it's cool that we can relate a little bit on that. Yes. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Ian and his life um, and specifically how his sex life has been very traumatic. Oh, good Do you remember point. like his first time was in Jamie's print shop and then a fire burnt it all down <laughs> and he had in someone's face. Um, and then the next time we see anything sexual is with uh, Galus, which yeah. is obviously really horrible and traumatic. Agreed. And then we, d- I don't know if anything happened since then, but then the next time he has sex, um, he, with his wife, I mean, it's good, but then, then she miscarries a bunch of times. And I just, I feel so bad for our wee little Ian. Um, he's definitely my favorite character. He brings me so much joy. Um, anyways, I love you guys. I love your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing Aww. and I hope you feel better soon. Thank Bye. you, Emily. And Emily, I want to add one more point to that too. But Not only, you know, does, you know, does the things happen between she and Ian, uh, that she miscarriages, but then she tells him to go get his shine box. Yeah, hey, see you later. Like, why'd you take a hike? It's kid? my choice. It's my- <laughs> like, how messed up, Emily? Excellent job, excellent job pointing all of that out. All right, let's do the next one. Hi, Marion Blake. It's Lucy from New York. I just wanted to call in and give you guys a weird hot take. Um, that's creepy enough that I thought it was worth calling. I don't think people are going to necessarily agree, but you can enjoy the weirdness of it. Okay, hold on. Let's 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 play let's play the sound. When I see Melva on screen, I sometimes see Jenny. Mm. Uh, I think they have yes. similar mm-hmm. smirks and eye gazes, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm just distracted because they both have black hair or something superficial. Nope, totally agree. Um, I especially thought of this when Melva gives that smirk to her dad after he can't beat her. You know, she kind of like half smiles and you can see it in her eyes. And it was really kind of similar to the creepy laugh and the funny look that uh, Jenny gives Jack Randall um, in that scene where she's assaulted by Jack Randall. And it's sort of like uh, the, the idea of like finding power when you have none. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of creepy to associate both of those characters with each other. Um, I just can't unsee it now. So occasionally when I see a Malva smirk, I think of Jenny. And now it's weird and creepy. So it makes the creepy creepier. (laughs) Anyways, that's all. Love your show. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for ruining it for everybody now. I appreciate that. You know what? And I'm not being sarcastic. I love stuff like this. Yeah. It's like Mary with Jamie's Adam's apple. Just ruin it. Oh my God. Love it. I love just, I love these weird hot takes. Okay. Lara pops in. I love that my first comments to Mary and Blake prompted Mary to have a full on dildo conversation. (laughs) Hilarious. So this time I thought I'd give proper feedback in the more standard format, kilt reading and GBG. I'd give it 4.6 kilts like Blake. I'm a tough grader. So for me, it's a good episode. My good Ian defending his Mohawk brother, despite his pain and bitterness and make, and taking the higher ground, giving the sex bracelet back to Kara Hilton, Kara, Heraton. Thank you. Gotcha. And his blessing to be with Panorama. Oh, Blake, stop it. It's, it's true. It's so true. My my brain fog and <laughs> don't drop him. My bad. Why is Jamie hey, revealing the future? <laughs> Lara's bad. Okay. Fitting that you bring this up during Lara, Lara's uh, okay. thing. Because she's the one that started. No, that. I know. I'm just okay. saying. I'm, I'm saying uh, okay. Her bad was why is Jamie revealing the future to Chief Bird? Did he not learn from Ottertooth's experience with the Mohawk that sharing knowledge of the future is not always welcome information? Mm. Well, maybe because Jamie isn't pushing it hard. He won't be hunted down and killed by the Cherokee. She just put shrugs. My great Jamie Fraser, from the king of men to the king of dads. In one episode, he gives his adopted son, Fergus, a way to heal by sending him on a mission away from his past mistakes and encouraging him in the skills he knows Fergus has. Then he lifts up his other son, Ian, and sharing their grief over their lost children and helps him come through his identity crisis by letting him know that he is always loved and has a home. Mm. My other great, the way that faith and religion are juxtaposed in the characters of Tom Christie and Jamie, whereas Tom uses religion as a weapon, Jamie uses his religion as his strength. Ah, So beautiful. And, and not only is it, is it a strength, but it's a, it's a healing thing for people. And it's connection you know, it's versus connection. Yeah, as dividing. Opposed to, yeah, as opposed to weaponizing mm-hmm. your you're creating, you're connecting. I love that. I like that too. Very good. Very good. All right, let's go. 
Hi, Mary and Blake. Judy from Kansas, first time caller. My kilt rating is 4.8. I loved this episode. I've learned from you that good TV makes us feel, and that's what this episode did. Yes. I'm doing my GBG according to how things made me feel. Mary and Blake commandment. It made Mm -hmm. me feel good. Ian saying to Emily, you are my home, taking me back to Claire, saying that to Jamie at the Stones. And after that duel with the yucky drunk Scott, Ian's brother in the red coat saying, he's proven himself a coward. Let him live with his shame. Awesome way to end it. Mm -hmm. What made me feel bad, the miscarriages. My first thought was of Mary and Blake and how this would be hard for them. After so many hours of listening to the podcast, I can't help but watch the episodes through your lens. What made me feel great Jamie being a father to both Fergus and Ian, he knew that Fergus needed a job and he knew what Ian needed to be assured of God's mercy for Isabel. When they prayed for their daughters together, all the feels. Thank you for everything you do. Get better soon. Love you. Thank you, Judy. That was very kind of you. That was very nice. Hi, Mary and Blake. I'm not playing you again, though. You ain't that good. <laughs> oh my God, Blake. Uh, the cat did that. I know. Lumos loved it. Lumos loved the love. Peg Rogers wrote in saying, Phew, what an episode. This was the best of the season so far. I'd give this one a 4.85. Better than episode two, but leaving room for episodes to come. My good, all the character development in this episode. What I would have given to have a dad like Jamie. Mm. And I'm so glad to finally see Ian's time with the Mohawk. Even though Jamie and Claire told Ian and Claire, I think this episode episode made clear that they oh gosh a lot of clear and clears okay hold on let me say that again <laughs> covid <clears throat> fog no i'm just i gotta i gotta be careful with my yes you know clear and clear even though jamie and claire <laughs> told yep. ian about claire yep i think this episode made clear uh-huh. that they have not told him everything <laughs> faith was new to you ian. know what's not clear this this sentence <laughs> This episode seems to have settled things for Ian so that he can now move forward as the man he is meant to be, a man of great worth. And finally, though it was a short scene, it was good to see a sober Fergus who may be learning to manage his trauma. Mm-hmm. My bad, everything's scotchy. Uh, scotchy. Yeah. Whatever. Stats are for nerds. I just make it up in my mind sure. every time. Scotchy, scotchy, scoochy, scotchy, whatever. <laughs> The guy sucks. That's all about it. Scotchy. He is a corrupt agent of a man of low and a man of low morals. Every scene with him was simply annoying. Mm. My great, the final shot of Malva's feet as she shifts onto her toes, boards creaking slightly to peep at Jamie and Claire. Mm -hmm. All season, the show has been exceptional at showing us glimpses of the inner darkness that lives in Malva. And this last shot is money. It feels like being transported back to episode 503 in the Beardsley Creep Show. (coughs) I'm telling you, you know when you see something special. It it just, it it vibrates in your bones. It vibrates in your skin. When you, when, when you see something artful, you know it. And that was just, it was remarkable. Like that, that is good television. That is showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Sharon calling from Chicago. Hey, I just Sharon. really wanted to call in and say hi, and I hope you both feel better soon. It's Thank so um, awful to be sick and trying to be with kids and everything, so my heart goes out to you. Thank you. I really don't have a whole lot to say about this season. I love everything about it. I really love a character-driven story, and I think this is the best season yet. I like how everybody is smoothly integrated into the storyline. Um, I really love Malva. She is so funny the way she sort of looks at people with those creepy Malva eyes. And all I could really think about is at the end when (laughs) Malva was standing on her tiptoes and looking at (laughs) Jamie and Claire. First of all, I thought, oh, Blake is going to be freaking out about this (laughs) one. And then all I could think of was, well, I guess this is the the ridge version of online porn. So I guess the kids, kiddos got to learn some way. I don't know, but that's Malva for you. She's a little on the kooky side. Um, I think also Jamie, there's been a lot of kneeling by riversides to sort of um, help the children out and his, the, the boys of the ridge, which I really like his uh, Jamie's always great in that role. So you guys take care. 
Thank you, Sharon. Bye. Sharon brings up a couple of things, Marvin. Um, one of them is, you know, we've gotten really wide feedback about this season in terms of its quality. Some people say it's way too slow. Some people say that is just right. Uh, some people say that they love the character-driven stuff. And here's what I'm going to say to you, Mary, and this is what I want to ask. Because the show has conditioned us to just love, uh, conditioned us to expect plot-driven story as opposed to character-driven story, mm-hmm. is this the show writing itself, like correcting itself, or is, or should we be upset with it because we have been conditioned to take in Outlander as viewers one specific way? That's a great question that I do not have an answer to. I'm not upset. So I think that using that word in a question for me is tough for me. I'm just here for the ride, man. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a fair <laughs> criticism. Like the show has taught us no, to I watch agree. it a certain and way. And that's why it's so good that we get to podcast together because you can look at it analytically like that. Yeah. And I'm just here. Like, whatever, man. Hold on. I want to go over what she what, what Sharon said again because Because Sharon's like, deep on your level. Uh, yes, she is. I'm Hold just on. here petting Lumos. Like you're gonna be freaking out Hold about on. this. No, no, I don't want this part. The rich version of online book oh. that I learned some way. I don't know. But this is hurting my ears, Blake. If she's a little on the kooky side. Um, I think also, Jamie, there's been a lot of kneeling by Riversides to sort of um, help the no, children. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yes, I got it. The editing. The editing for this season has been a, a tad weird. And we're seeing a lot of these mid cards between shots. Ha- have you noticed it since we, br- since I brought it up in the last a couple episodes ago and is it bothering your experience at all with the show? No, I think you mean kind of the set setting the scene shots. Well, like the, the geese flying, like, okay, it was just like they're, they're having this conversation and then it's a shot of geese and then it's like another conversation. Like it's just, I've been fine with it. Weird and awkward. And it feels like, I think they need to have Adobe. <laughs> well, that is not stock footage. They did; those are their shots. No, of- I'm sure, but it just uh, what I'm saying it the, the 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 meaning behind it. It just feels like stock footage that they're just plopping. You don't in. understand the purpose of the say geese. I mean, I get it. I I get like why to they're me, to me geese flying means time. Is no, but it's not. By. No, it's not just about the geese itself. It's about like okay, they're showing this random mountain, or they're showing this random flower. Well, it's not or, a random mountain because the mountains are very particular in North Carolina. Right, but it has nothing to do with what's transpiring on scene. I know it's just continuing to set the scene. It just to feels like you. you know what it reminds me of little vignettes. Like we're it's watching probably vignettes. their way to be like, don't forget, even though we shot this in Scotland, we're pretending it's in North Carolina. <laughs> it's like that's to, how I take it. I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's difficult to record a show that doesn't actually take place in an environment. You know, if you were taking, if you were recording a show in Arizona, but it was supposed to take place in Rhode Island, you'd occasionally have to put in shots showing an ocean. No, no, I, I get it. I just, it just feels so out of place and it feels very... So I can appreciate that, but I think that this is why they do it. To... It's, like they, it's like they almost don't know how to transition from scene to scene. Okay. And they're just like, okay, let's put this flower in. Yay, flowers. You know, like... I'm fine with it, but yeah. I can appreciate that... Right. You and other people who want to be noticing it and it bothers you that it bothers you. Hello, Mary and Blake. This is Anne from Denver. Hi, Anne. Um, I'm just um, calling in reference to episode 604, Hour of the Wolf on Outlander. I just wanted to give you my uh, kilt rating, which was 4.7. This was a great episode. I thought it was done really, really well. And the changes that they made to the book actually made sense to me and... I enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, my GBGs, um, the good was definitely um, the Claire and Jamie happy time and listening to Major McDonald sneeze in the background. <laughs> yes. Um, the bad probably would be um, Malva slash Dakota Fanning weird mm-hmm. um, on her tippy toes at the end of the um, episode. And the great uh, was definitely Ian sharing his story and the big differences on how they um, lighted it and the diffused light in the memories. Mm -hmm. Loved it. I would also like to say um, I definitely enjoyed 
share, uh, Ian sharing his story with Jamie. I think that was a great um, change that was made. And at the same time, I think it was really well done. Um, and at the end, especially when Ian decides that he's going to kind of try and walk down the middle of the road saying, yes, I am Mohawk and yes, I am also Scottish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, looks like she got uh, cut off there. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like the fact that um, Ian can make that choice and understand that he doesn't have to choose. He can be one. He can be yes. both and he can make himself his own person his mm-hmm. higher level of himself eileen weiner wrote in just want to comment on this podcast episode i love mary's laughter oh hoping that laughter is truly the best medicine oh thanks i like my laughter too <laughs> all right so we got some emails <laughs> yes. in okay um bill said that said what said i'm not I'm sure just confused. keep going okay. well, what else okay. what else okay sorry that's for <clears throat> bill said um would you have fought harder for auntie claire when ian says that's jamie blake i am in full disagreement with you okay when jamie said it's different jamie is right why is it different okay so he's got three points Mm -hmm. point one all right culture back to the black jack randall era despite how much the english hate the scots they live on the same island share the same general christian religion and even besides the the gallic some language how a man and woman marry follow similar rules. With Ian and the Mohawk, we have a completely different culture with a completely different set of rules for who marries whom. With the Mohawk, it is the clan mothers who choose. The Mohawk, as part of the Iroquois, um, Iroquois Confederacy, were a very matriarchal society. Men were chiefs, but the elder clan mothers could kick out a chief when they felt like it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And apparently kick out Ian too. Um, the Iroquois women had a lot more control in their society than European women at this time. Very interesting point. Thank Fair you, Fair point. Uh, point two, circumstance. Regardless of how much Jamie knows or does not know about the Mohawk culture, he had to send Claire back through the stones because he knew she was a time traveler. She was bearing his child, and he had just killed Dougal Mackenzie and was fully prepared to die at Culloden. That is not even close to Ian's situation, where he was sent away from a culture he had just begun to know, and he did go back to find that his own wife rejected him. And point three, and I think you contradict yourself, Bill says, <laughs> after talking about how it was wrong of Jamie to say that him fighting for Claire isn't the same kind of situation as Ian fighting for Emily, Ian couldn't. Once he saw Emily shack up with his friend, it was over. <laughs> Mohawk rules aren't the same rules as Scottish rules. Is Ian in the position to rescue Emily in the same way that Jamie rescued Claire from Fort William to show up to Blackjack Randall's William and say, I thank you to take your hands off my wife. <laughs> no, totally different culture. And that's my take. In my last listener feedback, I promised I would pray for Mary every day until her long COVID is over. I don't know whether you are religious or not, but I am. I say a Hail Mary every morning as soon as I wake up and that Mary reminds me to pray for Mary Larson, who has seriously restored me to sanity oh. over the past two years. It's an automatic reminder to say a prayer for you. Oh my gosh, Bill, thank you. And I love that I have the easy button for prayers. <laughs> Thank you. That's done. Thank you. <laughs> well, Bill, thank That's, you very much. I was I was named after Mother Mary. Oh, well, of course you were. Well, a lot of people are, but a lot of people are named after like family, but that's yeah, sure. Yeah. Because my name's Mary Catherine. Oh, I got like you. two seriously You're like biblical. Super like super biblical. Yeah. Yeah, I am. So thank you, Bill. Well, Bill, you know, I um, He's not done. Oh, oh, sorry, Lastly, sorry. concerning okay. the Hail Mary prayer, I mm-hmm. really loved how the show dealt with this. In Ian's flashbacks, when Emily is having trouble with her first pregnancy, the Mohawk sent Ian to the forest to pray. Mm-hmm. The Scottic Catholic part of him emerges, and he starts to say the Hail Mary prayer. Then he stops midway through and prays to the God of the Mohawks. And he ends his prayer with, please, dinna let this be the hour of her death, Mm -hmm. which is um, a line at the end of the Catholic Hail Mary prayer. Mm. I just love this combination of cultures and beliefs, which all builds to one of Ian's last lines in the episodes about how he is both Scottish and Mohawk at the same time. And Jamie reminding him that it is not how he identifies him through his various names that counts. It's what is in his heart that counts. No labels needed. So true and so beautiful. Then he said, I know this email's long. So thank you. I'm glad to have found someone to chat with about Outlander. Aww, thank you, Bill. Bill I appreciate so incredibly it. much and, for you all know, your prayers. Well thought out, well written, well constructed. You're still wrong. You're still wrong. And it's not so much that what you said is wrong. It's just that I'm take bunked. So I, I have to stick with my take. I'm out on Jamie saying that it's different. It ain't different. It ain't. I mean, I get the context. Still ain't different. It, to me, I like Bill's points. 
Sure, sure. I'm take Bunkin. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do one more more email. Maura says, hi, Mary and Blake. This is just a small detail, but I noticed it in episode 604. Claire casually refers to Malva as Mal. The Latin word rude for bad or evil. Mm. Oh my God. And note that Mal, like Maleficent. Oh, yes. And uh, Mal from the Descendants. (laughs) Yes! Rotten to the core. All my Disney friends are like, Rotten yes. Rotten to the core. core. Rotten to the core. Cool, cool, cool. I am a show watcher only, but I feel like Malva is rapidly moving away from Dakota fanning weird mm-hmm. and into the realm of Bellatrix Lestrange weird. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, you know what? Good point. You're a wizard, Harry. The shots of her maniacal grin as she watches the effect of the ether, combined with the close-up shot of the scalpels, has me worried about what Malva plans to do next. If this show were more science fiction-based, I would be worried about a face-off situation where Malva tries oh. to trade places and faces with Claire to take over oh, her life. Yes. Though I know the show won't quite go there, I look forward to hearing Blake's outlandish theory about what Nick nefarious just shows up. <laughs> plans Malva may have next. So thank you, Mo. <laughs> All right, let's get the next voicemail. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Anna here from Perth, Western Australia. Hi, Anna. I hope I'm not too late to leave feedback for this episode. Nope, you're not. Um, firstly, you guys cracked me up. I was driving along in stitches the other day. <laughs> I kept thinking of Lou as I listened to the um, <laughs> recap episode, and then someone mentioned it at the end. By the way, I just have to say, I love that Lou has become a thing now. Like people, people have emailed me about Lou, and and now people are just referencing Lou out of nowhere. This is a thing now, and I love it. It's great. I hope Lou is still around, though. I don't want her to be like, oh, what the heck. Hey, listen, Lou, it, it ain't about you. It's just the fact that it, it's a thing now. It's a thing. Like, don't be a Lou. No, it's, it's more just, of an idea than a person. Basically, my sound clip of Land the Plane, Helen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just Lou, know that I have no hard feelings whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry. Here, here we go. <laughs> All that schlong talk. Um, okay. So my oh, good for this episode. Talk. As a book reader, I now know how to pronounce Isabel. One of the great show benefits. <laughs> Um, my bad is that we're halfway. <laughs> I know. And my great was the prayer scene. I knew Faith would be mentioned and I was just waiting for it and it didn't disappoint. Um, the way fam- Jamie's face just slowly crumpled when Ian said he couldn't bear the thought of Isabel lost and wandering while he was remembering Faith. Oh, my heart. Um, two other things that I noted. <laughs> there were two pop culture references in the first few minutes. Wrist lightning and thunderstruck. Mm-hmm. I found myself. Oh. oh, looks like she got cut off. Hold on, let's see. She got cut off. Yeah, but but that's okay because it looks like she came back with another one. Oh, hi, Mary Blake. It's Anna from Perth, WA, for part two because I got cut off. Um, <laughs> I was just saying there was two pop culture references: wrist lightning and thunderstruck. I found myself wondering if Jamie could actually time travel after all. No, I'm just kidding. I know he can't, <laughs> but it just <laughs> just was like, whoa. Uh, definitely Alan Parrish for Scotchy or Robin Williams. Um, and the third point, Claire is a darn good artist. Right? In her book, those pictures, my baby in a womb would be a fat stick figure. <laughs> done, Claire. And last point, Malva, how long was she there for? Oh. Did she overhear Jamie saying he was going to become a rebel? Good mm. boy. Okay, just my thoughts for this week. Thanks, guys. Oh. See you later. And thanks for everything you do. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. Anna, yes. Bam. Just like that. A winner. Didn't even think about that. My first reaction to that comment was, hey, as long as it takes, baby. But when <laughs> – but. When you think about it in, in, in the, the proper, actual, real terms, mm-hmm. yes, did she hear that Jamie was going to become a rebel? Hashtag bad news. Lots of bad news. Oh. And by the way, for all the props that they've given Brie for drawing, once again, yeah. they probably like sneakily talk in their room. Oh, Brie thinks she's such a good artist. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. But she's nothing compared to me. I draw toes. Amazing. It's, it's cute like her matches. <laughs> Like her matches. All right, let's read uh, some the, another email here. We got this one from Natasha. She Maybe says, she has Bree draw the pictures. 
That would be useful. That, that's that's a fair. Hey Bree, come come draw this toe. Draw the draw this. <laughs> I, Mom, I need to make more matches. Um, no, you don't. You know what? You know what might be a better use of your time. I think we have a plethora of matches right now. Yeah, I only made one. Exactly. Exactly. We're good. We're going to take that idea. We're going to put it in a box. I'm going to take that box and put it on a shelf. We'll save that for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Natasha says, hey, Mary and Blake, I really enjoyed this episode. 4.6 kilts for me. The highlight was definitely seeing Ian's story play out. The decision to have him tell, ja- tell it to Jamie was such an excellent choice. It made so much more sense to me than how it plays out in the book, which was in this in the show is beautifully done. I also wanted to share my husband's outlandish theory. Okay. okay. Hold on. Like you, Marion Blake, I am a book reader and he is not. So I started quizzing him on his thoughts after each episode, which is so much fun. So my husband thinks Malva is a witch and is going to use whatever witchy powers she has, plus her newfound medical knowledge to do harm to her father. Something wicked creepy in her words, in his words, like swap his arms for his legs so he has to pray with his feet. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Natasha? I like your husband. I like where his head's at. I hope that rather disturbing visual makes you laugh as much as it did for me. And I hope you're feeling better, Mary. Sending so much love to you both from Oxfordshire, UK. I so appreciate all that you do and looks like we got one last voicemail and we'll close out with one more email and then we'll get to uh, all the other good time stuff shall we yes okay let's do the last voicemail here we go hi guys this is um Paula so I wanted to talk about a particular moment in the episode okay um it's where Jamie and Ian are talking about whether Ian should have fought for Emily and Ian asks Jamie if he would have fought for Claire and Jamie failed me and says, uh, that's different. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it came off sounding like I'm Jamie Frazier and thank you, you know, me and Claire have the epic love story. And of course I'd fight for her uh-huh. when in reality, I think he would have done the same thing as Ian and he should have said so because back in season one, he you know, finds out that Claire's a time traveler and that she'd been trying to get home to Frank. And so he takes her to the stones because that's what she wants, you know, and he sends her back to Frank. She ultimately chooses to be with him, but he gave her that agency to leave if she wanted to leave. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. So to me, it kind of goes the same way. Emily wanted him to go. She no longer wanted to be with him. So there is no fighting for someone that doesn't want to be fought for. Plus, you know, I think Jamie could have just said, you know, if you love someone, you put them first. It's not about you all the time and your feelings. You know, she wanted to have a kid and she wasn't able to have a kid with him. Mm -hmm. You know what, Paula? All fair points. All reasonable points. And and you know what makes makes it even better? What? So you agree with me. (laughs) That's the reason why they're all fair points. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, last email. This one comes from Lisa. She says, Dear Mary and Blake, I'm responding to this uh, old communication. I just celebrated my two year anniversary of having had COVID. I feel so blessed that I seem to have come through it unscathed, and I'm so sorry to hear that you, Mary, continue to feel ill. I was also sorry to hear that you have been ill, also, Blake. It sounds like another cause, but I don't want to pry. Uh, yeah, well, if you actually want to hear about my illness, you can actually go to the This Is Us 2 podcast and listen to the latest episode, at least as of this moment. It is the story that I share about what's been going on with me for the past year. Yeah, we decided to put it in the This Is Us 2 feed rather than put it on every single podcast feed. But for any of you who've been like, oh, what's been up with Mary and Blake? It is truly just an episode about that. You do not need to be a show watcher of This Is Us, but we felt it was the best place to put it. So once again, you just go search for This Is Us 2, and I think it's even titled Blake's Story. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Please know that as a nurse practitioner who survived COVID early in the pandemic, I was also uh, able to continue work in a clinic where other providers were too afraid to be on site, volunteer at St. Uh, San Quentin State Prison when they had a terrible COVID outbreak and donate convalescent serum when we thought it helped and participate in four research studies. I hope some of this research may benefit folks with long COVID. And again, I'm so sorry you are suffering, Mary, and I hope you are getting proper medical care. 
Trust me, we are. And she is in all the drugs. There was a long COVID clinic at UCSF, the hospital I was affiliated with. And I know it's a long way from where you folks are, but I just wanted you to know that it exists. I heard a very poignant voicemail this morning on listener feedback, and I'm guessing you know the one. Blake was alone. Mary had to go pick up the kids. I wanted to reiterate that people really do find Outlander to be a lifeline. I myself found the books when I was in deep despair over a terrible prognosis for my son when he was about 13. And I'm happy to report that now he is finally well. I have not missed an episode of the show. Some I loved, some not. Completely agree regarding season four. Now, I have read and listened to all of the books many times. I listen to them all about every two years. My sisters joke that when I am old and in the home, I will keep asking when Jamie and Claire are coming to visit. All this to say I have fallen in love with you both as well. As soon as season six began, I looked for Outlander cast. Your astute analysis and authenticity are so welcome. And I didn't know that you were podcasting The Last Kingdom either. I loved it years ago and I read the books as well. Anyway, to you both, you are intelligent and enjoyable and charming and knowledgeable. It is great to have a place to escape when global warming, the war in Ukraine, and general existential ennui become too much. Ennui. Sorry, not ennui, Blake. This is stupid. Why, you mean? Yeah, I know. Ennui become too much. You are so appreciated. And yes, I'm finally going to donate to you guys for all of the hard work you do Aww. at jointhenerdclan.com. Thanks again, and the very best to you both, Lisa. Lisa, Aww. thank you. You just you just really helped me out there. Thank that was, you, That Lisa. was very kind of you. That was very kind. All right, Marvin, you ready to watch the... You got anything else for uh, the the, uh, the nerds here for listener feedback? No. All right, you ready to watch the preview for the next yes. episode? Let's go. I have to move Lumos out of my view of sight. Yes. Yeah, Lumos. Okay, here we go. You've been spending a lot of time over there. You're a married man who's alone with a widow in her home for hours on end. Thank you! Okay. Blake, can you make this a bigger screen for me, okay? It's small and I'm blind. That's what she said. I know you're excited. <laughs> it's Didn't not Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. First of all, you know what? We're just going to start that Please. over again because... Because I know you just want to congratulate yourself. I guess. Yes. I'm over there. You're a married man who's alone with a widow in her home for hours on end. Yep. That's right, Roger. I believe it's a love charm. Well, they say when they learn I've broken my oath to the king. There he is. what was coming. Jamie, it is dangerous. Light has turned. Our allegiance now is to this new nation. All right. Okay. We Go got through some it little Lord, by little, so pull it on Lord, up. We got some Lord John we got going on Sir here. Sir gives a lot. But it, okay, so we have Roger. Okay, Roger. D- with Aiden's mom, who's got it going on. Aiden's... <laughs> Aiden's mom's got it going And then we got, what else we got? Okay, so we'll let's just talk this a little bit by bit. Okay. I love, I love, Blake, that you're like, oh my God, I'm so smart. (laughs) Roger gets in trouble for talking to a hussy, which he's not a hussy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I'm just saying. But it's really because of your life experience that you've now learned this. Listen, everything's a life experience. Everything is knowledge. And I knew, I knew, I don't care. I knew, I called it. Don't be hanging with single women. Don't do it. Bad and, news. And yet Bree has to tell him this. Mm-hmm. Where's Jamie right now? Yeah. <laughs> Where's, because you know what? Jamie don't care. Yeah. Hey, Roger, why'd you go ahead? Why'd you, why'd you go <laughs> I just talk took to care of, Aiden's mom? I just took care of Ian. Just took care of Fergus. I got time for you and your beard. Do you think Bree is going to tell mom and dad that she's uncomfortable? Or will she talk to Marcely? Or will she keep this to herself? Mm, good question. I'm thinking that she's going to talk to Claire. I think that that would be the healthiest choice. Yeah. You do not want to talk to Marsley or Jamie about this. No, don't talk to Marsley because that, you know, that's just going to spread. Oh, around she's going to come and throw a pie in that hussy's face. Oh, yeah. That's, that's. Aiden's mom, you don't have it going on anymore. <laughs> you got to put more toads in your face. All right, thing. so then okay. we got this, this love thing, like weird witch stuff. You know, that's all Malva. Malva is the one that's doing it. And she's like, she is going to cast some weird spell. You know what it is? <laughs> you know what it makes you remember of? What? When people have crop circles, but they found out that the people just did some of them themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's aliens. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's a love. This is all. What did Malva. they say? It was a love spell? Uh, sure. Love tra- sure. Okay. So this is all Malva. And you okay. know what she's trying to do? What? Trying to get Jamie to love her. Love it. I'm trying, here for it. I mean, who went in? Uh, let's see. Then we got, uh, yeah, we had Malva. And then, oh, so I want to play this part again here. Okay. Because, because they say when they learn I've broken my oath to the king. 
Okay, so... What will they say when they learned I'd broken my oath to the king? Yeah, it's going to be a problem. And we got Lord John, Sir Gifts a lot, he's back. We got Andrew Casta staring Andrew blankly. Andrew Casta wearing a, a, a very, very delicate... A tablecloth? No, like, that's in the style. It's not a tablecloth. Gosh, got wearing the a doily. going on. And Love she does choker. not look happy. Love the choker. She, look at that face. Yeah, she... She is pissed. She's resting Snape face right there. She is pissed. So he's saying this, you know, I broke my my oath. Yep. As we're seeing shots of Lord John Gray. Mm-hmm. Got Auntie Jocasta. Pissed. Who's judge... I mean, she is a judgy she woman. She is very judgy right now. If only they knew what was coming. And there's Claire. Jane, it is dangerous. Hey, go okay. back, go back. So what we, what we I have? love Claire. Just giving the fact, um, we knew it was coming. Yeah. You're not new to the time travel yeah. business. Why don't you buck up, pal? Stop complaining. <laughs> Do we need to write it all down for you? Can you go back a little bit? We've yeah, got like I, a pool I, table. Yeah, we got a pool table. That's a nice looking pool table. I know. Nice felt, nice red felt. Yeah. Only they knew what was coming. Okay. We already knew what was coming. Then we got okay. some soldiers so, showing so up. So where do you think these soldiers are? Because this is some nice this looking not, sconces. Yeah, this, pool is not, table. this is not the house. This is Whose this house is, is this? I don't know. This has got to be in the city somewhere. This might be Aunt Jocasta's house. She would have nice sconces. She would. She was all about the nice but she sconces. she can't play pool. Can't play pool. Cannot play pool. Can't use the force. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, lots it, of you guys. Know, you know what? It, it just, Look at all these guys putting on their hats. Gotta go. They're like, hey, we're out of here. So you know what this is? This is like some gentleman's club. Gotta be. Okay. Uh, in the city somewhere. But for where, rich guys. Where Jamie, these are all rebels. Guaranteed. All rebels. And that's why Jamie was meeting the guy there. And Lord John saying, hey, listen, you can't go to that place. They know. They know that this place is problematic. And if you go... Is going to be trouble. Mm. And uh, Jamie's there, and now everybody's skedaddling. It doesn't look like a pool table. There's no holes. I don't know what it is then. What maybe, it, maybe it's one of those tables that you put a map a, is on. Is it a card table? Maybe it's a card table. Could be a card table. Could be a map table. You know the map tables where then you like move little things? Yep. Um, That's a pretty so table, though. Everybody is scurrying. that table. Like it's like uh, they're at a speakeasy in the 20s. There you go. And Jamie is the one that's like, oh, well, you know, we got to own it. Let's I love it everyone's out. going the other way, and Jamie's going towards the commotion. Right, it is dangerous. See, it's dangerous. Then we got people throwing rocks. That guy, <laughs> that guy does a that's high the kick. worst throw I've ever seen in my life. And yet he is the one highlighted. You know that that extra's like, Mom, I made it to the trailer <laughs> because of my high kick. It was so great. I didn't know how to throw a rock, but they put me on screen. Isn't it great? <laughs> I, I just jumped when I threw. Hey, hey, his gets it in. His gets it in the window. Up, oh, you know. Yes, that's what she said. Oh no, Blake! Pause. Uh, Who's hurt? Uh, some guy. Some guy. Whatever. He, he's a nobody. He's a nobody. <laughs> Jamie is mad. Jamie's though. pissed. He's got something in his hand. I don't what even know what that, that is. It's like it looks like a maybe a, something burnt. that was burned. Maybe a torch of or a piece of paper. Then we got the secret handshake with some other jabroni. So if it's a secret handshake or is it not a secret handshake? Well, is it the Mason handshake? This or? looks like a Mason thing. Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, like, they do a little they, thumb they, war. They do the thumb war bro <laughs> thing. All right, hold on. To this new nation. And Look then, at Jamie. Jamie's like Girl. Jamie's still confused. Claire is saying, "I told you who wins." <laughs> pick pick the revolution like, can, you, can you go over that for me one more time yeah the new nation Jamie that I've told you about forever <laughs> this is America <laughs> they're going holding to win holding his hand he yeah. has to have a drink can you tell me again oh my god which side are you sure yes Jamie <laughs> alright you ready to close this bad boy out yes alright let's do it Mary I have a special closeout song just for you just for you because of this episode Josie's on a vacation far away Come around and talk it over So many things that I want to say You know I like my girls a little bit older okay. I just want to use your so love thank you, uh, Hold, hold you, gotta, you gotta wait for the drop uh, You gotta wait for the drop It's just taking forever Oh well I don't want to lose your love For your feedback, um, don't forget to check out that newest episode, as we said. You can actually, um, you know, keep your eyes on the Outlander Cast Clan Book Club if you're a book club leader, as our 
What are you doing, Blake? Oh, you're no, just pushing just, some buttons. Just As sure. our staff member, Angela Hickey, is going to be doing the Book Reader's Perspective chat this weekend. So make sure you're in there uh, so you can talk about the differences and the things that are kept in the same, all that kind of great stuff taking place. I'm pretty sure it's on Saturday. So join the Outlander Cast Clan Book Club. And that is the latest and greatest. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Let's go, Josie. Josie and Kezzy. Uh, from now on, I'm just going to think of this song. Just This is amazing. I will never turn down an opportunity to play the outfield. Never. Okay. <laughs> okay, Blake, sure. <laughs> You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.